1: Hey, friendos, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going in Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson. And available wherever podcasts can be found. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notify bell next to it to make sure you always get your new Going in Raw notifications. We're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. We have a variety of reward tiers over there on the Patreon. However, at the $20 a month mark, you can have your video questions sent in right here. To Matt Chat, where we will then answer, debate, come to conclusions, not come to conclusions. Maybe we'll even jump to conclusions. Larson, yeah. I love Matt Chat. I love it because it gives people a taste of what our community is like. Indeed. Yeah, a bunch of weirdos. But great people. Oh, no, they're great. They're awesome. The best. Who's the first, man? Uh, Gion Halili, Jacksonville, number one. Let's see what Gion has to say. Hey there,
2: friendos. This is Jacksonville's number one Matt Chatter, Gion Halili back with another matchup question this week. The question is simple. With NXT moving to USA, uh, what's one thing that could go right and one thing that could go wrong? And take Vince taking control out of NXT. Like, take that off the table because we all know that could be the worst thing. But what are other things uh, that could go right and go wrong? Yeah, let me know your thoughts. Peace out. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Later, guys.
1: Thank you, Guillaume. Thank
2: you, Guillaume. Steve, please. Yeah. What's a question about NXT? Yeah. Oh. What's one thing that can go right? What's one thing that could go wrong?
1: Oh, awesome. Very cool. I was not paying attention during that question. Uh, one thing that can go right. Uh, I mean, just success in the rating. Honestly, here's what I can go right. It can absolutely destroy AEW in the ratings. I mean, that, that, that would be good for the WWE. It would be bad for us fans of wrestling. I mean, you could argue it could be bad for WWE because then they would start wrestling on their laurels again. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's potentially something that could go, it could convince Vince uh, that, uh, you know, that's the way it should be done. I, I kind of wonder if, if Vince sort of might pull Triple H aside and say, hey, if you completely embarrass AEW, I'll make you executive director of everything in the world. And uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Uh, Something that could go wrong that isn't Vince taking over. There is the possibility that uh, the NXT thing is a very specific to hardcore fans thing. It's possible that it might not connect with uh, the broader audience. I mean, on a good day, on a good day, Raw does about a million to a million and a half more viewers in the ratings then there are network subscribers. About half that audience are basically hardcore WWE fans, um, which is a healthy number to have. Uh, I mean, it's possible that NXT won't connect with uh, a larger base, and they will be unable to grow. And uh, and at that point, I don't know what you do. I maybe they'll start sending. They'll mess with the entire formula. Right now, it sounds like. According, I think Ryan Satin uh, mentioned uh, that. The plan right now is to keep NXT sort of the way it is. Yeah,
2: nothing's going to change, apparently.
1: Yeah. Um, so but that happens. If, if it doesn't, I mean, if, if it doesn't connect, then. You darn well better be sure that it will change because yeah. $50 million is $50 million. Yes. So that, that's what I got to say about that.
2: Um, best thing, one good thing that can happen is that NXT does well enough in the ratings. Obviously, I don't think it's going to come very close to beating Raw or SmackDown, but does well enough in the ratings that maybe Vince says, oh, this type of wrestling can connect to a larger audience. When you
1: take, you have a bunch of basically unknowns to the larger community, and if that starts
2: killing on the ratings, oh wow! So that people if, actually yeah. like really good ratings. They don't want Imagine over what the top, do over the top storylines. What do you do with our roster filled with some of the best wrestlers in the entire world? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have to focus on all these crazy. We like I like the Roman Who Done It saga, but it's it's, and it's benefited everybody involved. It's silly though. It's silly. Super silly. Especially with the NWO Roman Reveal. It's yeah. silly. Yeah. You don't need that to motivate good wrestling Yeah, or develop interesting characters. Um, that would be a good thing if NXT does well enough and starts to, it starts to influence how Raw and SmackDown operate, make it more, not carbon copies of NXT, but more NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that could go wrong. Um, and granted, it's a small sample size. The one episode of NXT we had on USA... Uh, it was abridged. It was forty-five minutes versus fifty-five to an hour, and just with commercial breaks, it broke up the flow of the show how we're used to it being presented. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, granted, after a few weeks, that's something I'm sure we could all get used to. However, there is a certain amount of charm with how NXT is presented to us, and I don't want the show to lose its charm in terms of uh, 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 of how the f- how the show is paced, um, the how they approach. Backstage stuff, interviews, um, if they can retain the feel and charm of how they operate at Full Sail, mm-hmm. then I think the transition to TV should be fine once we get used to commercial breaks and all that kind of stuff. But if there's any sort of issue adapting how NXT operates now to a more standard television format, um, it's it's a small thing, but it, it, it could, uh, uh, you know, make for a less enjoyable viewing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely They're all possible. seasoned professionals over there. I'm sure um, WWE will find a way to make that all work. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel you. Uh,
1: next up, Christopher Rappersod also has a question about NXT. Let's see what he has to say.
3: Hello, Steve Orson. So my question is, was there a smart move that NXT moved to USA? In my opinion, I'm a little bit nervous because, you know, NXT, I, found that, I find out like the best wrestling on the planet and I'm a little bit nervous because when you move into network TV there's a type of format they want than us seeing like wrestling, wrestling, wrestling now I don't know how NXT is gonna you know draw people in niggas They're like you know like a third wheel brand not a lot of people watch the product that much
2: thank you Christopher thank you Christopher so a bunch of people arguing on Twitter good move bad move for NXT to go to, uh, to USA uh, uh, there's Valid, decent points on both sides of the argument. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, my approach for most things generally is wait and see. Yeah, sure. Um, all the set things we mentioned in terms of what can go wrong with NXT um, uh, could happen um, if, if AEW destroys NXT in the ratings. Um, it could look bad for WWE. Um, uh, it'll be a smart move if... NXT is competitive with 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 all elite. I don't necessarily think they have to destroy him, but if, you know, it's neck and neck and they they are on top more often than not. If if AEW
1: sorry not to interrupt you, but I'm just making this point real quick. If AEW destroys NXT in the ratings, that's gonna put them very competitive with Raw and SmackDown. Mm -hmm. That's a kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, if because obviously NXT being on USA gives all the incredibly talented men and women of NXT a larger platform on which to ply their trade, which is great for them. And hopefully, come a month from now, when the move is made, they will be compensated for performing on a larger uh, platform. Yeah, so far there's no info No indication that that's going to be the case one way or the other. Um, so whether it happens immediately or shortly down the line, I hope everybody in NXT gets a hefty raise. Yeah. Because WB is getting paid a handsome fu- uh, sum to broadcast on USA Network, seemingly. Um, as far as the talent there, that's the two things that can go right. From business standpoint, if it's there and is competitive or crushes AEW in the ratings, then yes, it's gonna be a smart move for US, for NXT to go there, so long as the product uh, remains 90% the same. Mm-hmm. Um, people like NXT because it's an alternative to what they see on the main roster. Um, and if they can retain the feel, the look of NXT, while on USA, you give the, the viewers and fans of the product every indication that Triple H is still in charge and running the show, and Vince isn't meddling to a high degree, you're gonna have viewer confidence, you're gonna retain the look and feel of the show that we all like, and if it does win well the ratings, it's gonna be a huge success for WB, it's gonna seem like an incredibly smart move. But, if it doesn't, if it's not winning in the ratings, people are gonna be wondering, why did they do this? Why are they meddling with something that, that works fine? Um and granted, I don't, I don't know if giving the talent a raise or not is going to be seen as a smart business move, move by WB, but it would just it would stand to reason that if they're getting more money in for this show and it's, it's successful because of the competitors in it, then they should see a portion of the revenue generated by their by their work. Public relations standpoint, if they don't give those men and women a raise, it's going to be a bad look for them. In terms yeah, of the optics of it, yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty shocked if they didn't. I mean, the thing is, like, so I don't know. It kind
1: of depends on how they end up. So, for example, if you're name somebody who's specifically on the house show loop and has not cracked TV yet.
2: Oh, an NXT. Yeah, like Brendan Williams. Okay, good good good
1: example. Uh, if you're not on NXT TV. Uh, I, number one, I, I am firmly of the belief that they really should do, and I forget, I'm sorry, I forget who mentioned this last week, or in one of our Super Chats, I forget I forget what it was, but somebody said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if they had an NXT breakout show, mm-hmm. uh, simply for the developmental aspect of NXT, that'd be keep out yeah. on the network, because be I great. think that's a big draw for people, um, to, to keep the network. Um, sorry, were you? Anyways, I was just yeah. try, I was
2: just trying to list various reasons why it's 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 there could be positives, there could be potential negatives. It's a wait and see approach, and mm-hmm. when they're going to get the jump on AEW launching about three weeks before AEW does, see if they get entrenched in a matter of three weeks in that particular time slot. If they develop a certain degree of brand loyalty, mm-hmm. um, it'll be really interesting to see what the first couple of weeks, what the ratings are like. Uh, it's all a wait-and-see thing. I mean, you could name off 10 reasons it's a good idea. You can probably name off at least five that might not be a good idea. Um, we all have to wait and see how things play out. Um, so in three to six months' time, Christopher asked the same question, and we should have a better answer for you.
1: Uh, well, you just said, you know, there might be five good reasons, 10 bad reasons. I'll give you 50 million good reasons. why. You don't have the show long, long enough. Why is a great idea, and there are $50 million bills, man. This is this was this was absolutely insane. The WWE was able to command fifty million dollars for uh, for this, uh, and I think that is fantastic. As you said, obviously, of course, uh, the people there, especially the ones who are on TV. I mean, that that's mainly what I'm talking about. The ones that are on TV. Number one, these guys are already NXT. They already get a decent amount of money, a lot more than they used to back yeah. in the day.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So they're already probably doing pretty well. Their travel schedule from what it seems like, is still gonna be pretty light. That's actually another thing sort of to note is the fact that it's gonna be at Full sale live every week um, and not traveling means that I would imagine uh, their schedule's not really gonna change that drastically. Um, they're still gonna have the time to put together those matches that we've grown accustomed to in NXT. As long as, assuming Vince doesn't like, you know, come in and, and meddle too much and say, oh no, they're doing too much, they need to dial it down. Um, if if that remains the same, then man, that that's really great. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think they should. But yeah, they, they definitely need to spread the wealth around. But my God, WWE just you know scored another big deal for. Uh, and granted, it's not a five hundred million dollar deal, but it's a fifty million dollar deal. Fifty million dollars at one point was more than they would net in a year. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, not that not that long ago, before mm-hmm. the big TV deals, before the Saudi stuff, mm-hmm. it was like. They're, uh, you know, they would spend a lot and they would make a lot, but the profit margin really wasn't that big, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this is basically just to, to set up TV production at full sale, like proper TV production. Uh, that's that's kind of interesting. So hopefully they will put that money to good use on their talent.
2: Yes.
3: Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
1: Uh, let's see here. Next. Next. Uh, oh, here we go. Gatlin T has a question. Let's see what Gatlin. What a great name, Gatlin. It's a good name. Yeah.
3: Steven Larson, this is the Firefly House's newest puppet, Gatlin T. And I was wondering, how did the Bray Wyatt slash Fiend character get over so quickly? Because it seems like a year ago, Bray Wyatt was near the bottom. Now he's near the top. So how did this happen, and how did this character get over so fast? Thank you, guys.
2: Too sweet and a hearty handshake. Thank you, Gatlin. Thank you, Gatlin.
1: So, Larson, Bray Wyatt. How did he get over so quickly? I go first. Yeah, time. go ahead. Uh, everything that you wrote down on your question, on your on your answer sheet here, um, I completely agree with. So I'm just going to take your answer and you can say, yeah, everything you said. Oh, man. The same page. Rude. It's this. So you have here, people want a reason to like Bray. And I think that there's also, there's kind of a flip side to that. And it's, I think deep down, people not just want to like Bray. But they kind of trust in Bray. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, once once, it, once we found out that he was behind the Genesis of the Fiend stuff, and he was behind a lot of the creative for it, you know, the questions then were, when's Vince going to mess it up? But, like, the fact that he was behind it all was not surprising, I don't think, to anybody. It was just, it was very, uh, uh, I'm not going to say pleasantly surprising. It was pleasantly surprising that they would let him do something that, had, that he had this much creative freedom with. But it wasn't surprising that that guy who had already rebranded himself as Bray Wyatt from Husky mm-hmm. Harris could do something in this next evolution of the Bray Wyatt character. Um, not surprising at all. I think people just appreciate, appreciate the fact that Bray Wyatt has been allowed to do this, mm-hmm. so there is that aspect of it. We like when wrestlers sort of, you know, as Vince likes to say, grabs the brass ring. I was talking to you earlier when watching 205 earlier today about Drew Gulak, another guy who, when you first see the guy, you know, a couple of years ago, you think, oh well, he he kind of just sort of blends in. There's nothing like so like crazy over the top about his appearance, but everything he does makes him stand out. Uh, all of his actions, and then he rebrands himself as this sort of general Zod intense guy, and it's just you can't take your eyes off him. Mm -hmm. Bray is the same way. Mm -hmm. Like This guy knows how to be. This guy is a creative force. He really is, and that's been obvious since day one. It's been obvious in everything he does, Um, and the fact that people have always wanted him. I said this for such a long time. No matter how deep they bury Bray, he always has the presence of a main eventer, and so I think he could always be a main eventer, and now that's being played out. They've given him the ball, and he has run so far with it. Um, I think that's one reason why is because people really appreciate Brain in the first place, and this is him letting to, to, to let his imagination run wild. So I think that's one aspect of it. Um, and on top of that, the execution of uh, the Firefly Funhouse and the Fiend has been just so impeccable. It's been so well done. Then you find out that, you know, Tom Savini's involved and it's like, "Oh my god, the credibility there." Um and then you hear the theme song. It's just every note that they've hit has been so awesome, even down to breaking Finn Balor's neck in 80s action movie fashion. Um It's just it's all been really really objectively good <laughs> it's, it's difficult to say oh this, this is subjective maybe it's not no man this is ob- objectively this is amazing this is great stuff so that's why
2: yeah I think based on his pre- prior run um, people were starting to get behind him um, we saw that moment where uh, Bray and Triple H when Triple H was champ had that moment Bray kind of rubbed his finger on the belt and, and it just look.
1: gets you thinking oh why, yeah, don't, they? why don't, don't they why don't they do his a that
2: character as interesting as Bray who uh, uh, seems creative Uh, seems to be really in tune with his characters, Um, do interesting things. Mm -hmm. And when he wasn't given the opportunity to do interesting things, uh, people, were I think, were bummed out about it. People saw there was huge money involved, potentially, in pushing Bray uh, as a featured performer. Um, Now he he disappeared for a while, recuperated from injury, came back as this new iteration of Bray Wyatt. So he had the goodwill of the fan base behind him already. Um, and then they see him doing something different that feels fresh, that mm-hmm. feels new, that's clever, yeah. that's creative, that's interesting, well-executed. Um, they see him out there taking chances, not just kind of regurgitating the same character archetypes we see in the past from WWE. Yeah, And people are intrigued by it. Yeah. Week after week with Firefly Funhouse, we see more interesting uh, little bits pop up. Uh, there's there's a, a depth to it. That is lacking for most wrestling storytelling, mm-hmm. and it's intriguing. It gets people yeah. talking, yeah. and that's before he even steps foot in the ring again as his, as the fiend. And they take their time with it; they let things build. Mm-hmm. They put him in the ring against Finn, who, granted, I know he's on the verge of taking a vacation, but it's the perfect guy for him in that instance. Uh, he handles him quickly in a really intriguing and at times shocking, in, in, sorry, intriguing and at times shocking uh, fashion. People are into it. It's people talking, and then he disappears for a week. Mm-hmm. We don't see him mm-hmm. for a week or two, and, they, and so people are, 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 are chomping at the bit for him to show up on TV and do something weird and interesting and fascinating again. And even at Raw reunion,
1: that inspired moment when he takes the mandible claw from the Foley, guy yeah. from Foley, the guy who used it, uh, and then he continue to use it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's a, it's a small passing of the torch. That is just so perfectly done. Yep. It's the details that he's nailing absolutely correctly.
2: Yep. It's great. Time and time again, he's nailing all the details. Next, got a question from Cult of False Realities.
3: What's good, Steven Larson? Cult of False Realities here, back with another Mad Chat question. Once again, this week I'm going to keep it short. I'm a little busy. So my question is, which one of these did Vince not want to do the most? Have a women's tag team championship unveiled and having to go through all this like try to get people over try to show that they actually care about women w- women's wrestling or did he not want to do Kofi Kingston winning at WrestleMania both of these it kind of seems like he's stuck in his old ways especially how things have been with him running running shows so you tell me what you guys think too sweet hearty handshake thanks guys
2: thank you cult of false reality thank you um, I'll answer this question by re- referencing to a story on WrestleTalk. Uh, apparently, Tom uh, Callahue of Sportskeeda had a, a report that said, quote, Vince didn't want women's tag team titles. He's under a lot of pressure, so he brought them in early without thinking much about them. There was no plan. We still don't know if there's any plans from early August pre-SummerSlam. Uh, continued, one source suggested this was to appease Banks, whereas another decided horrible timing for the lack of use thus far. So, uh, if this report is to be believed, uh, Vince had no interest in the women's tag titles, um, which would explain how they w- were handled for the first four months of their existence. Yeah. Um, they seem to have some sort of direction form now that Bliss and uh, Cross have them. Uh, hopefully, that continues. Uh, I mean, there was uh, like a groundswell of support to will these belts into existence. Potential is there for them to do really interesting stuff with it, especially to be Cross brand. Yeah, no. You know, that's just around SmackDown, but NXT as well. They could have done some really interesting stuff. More or less dropped the ball nearly immediately.
1: Um, and I'm, Dude, I'm, not, I'm even hesitant to think that right now there's any real direction with them.
2: I mean, I don't know if there's direction, but at least they're on TV, like the champions on TV. on TV on a regular basis. I, I,
1: yeah, it's it's it kind of feels more like Vince, we know, really likes Alexa Bliss. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people do. And it's like, okay, well. We're gonna have Alexa Bliss out there. She needs to do something. Just put the tag team title titles on her, and uh, she'll be on TV.
2: But there's no like actual story there, you know. Well, the story is is the the continuing uh, interpersonal dynamics between Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, and right now they're in I haven't the really addressed it though. Not in a while, but a pairing like this, given Alexa's past, especially, you know, this thing's doomed. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. This is kind of, I guess, what you call the honeymoon period mm-hmm. before things start going south. Could be. Yeah, could be. So I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case. Um, but the fact that the belts, the champions, are featured on TV every week. Yeah, sure. Is yeah. A, a huge improvement over the Iconics through no fault of their own because they're great too. Yeah, like uh, being on TV like once or twice a month. Yeah, yeah. so I agree. Next master memes blake whitehouse what's going on friendos blake whitehouse here with another matt chat question now when i think of 2018 i think really great matches even though it was oh my god 20 2018 was almost nine months ago Jeez. but anyway when i think of 2018 i think of really good matches specifically 205 live do you think the biggest missed opportunity from last year was a triple threat match between Oli, Buddy Murphy, and Cedric Alexander? And if so, what other matches have been giant missed opportunities WWE could have done? Thank you. Thank you, Blake. Thank you,
1: Blake. Um, so yeah, triple threat match between Ollie. I think the bigger, the bigger missed opportunity was a cruiser weight title ladder match oh, at, at WrestleMania. Yeah, cool. That uh, you and I have both been on board with that one. Uh, I'm going to say this, though. I think the biggest missed opportunity over the past five years has been more, more, more Bullet Club in WWE, an elongated feud between Finn Balor and AJ Styles. Somehow, way, you get Gallows and Anderson involved. I mean, they've teased it here and there. Uh, they seem very, very hesitant to uh, 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 give Finn Balor any kind of heel or tweener even uh, inclinations, and uh, that that to me I think is the biggest. It's like they make a point of poaching from New Japan uh, members, the high profile members of the faction that WWE obviously wants. They kept on alluding to it. They called them, the, well, they still call them the club. Um, now it's the OC. Now it's the original official only club. Um, that matters. But yeah, that matters. Thank you. But I, I, to me, that's the they're absolutely huge. And they really have just kind of flirted with it. AJ and Finn had what one match. And that even was, oh, Bray got sick. AJ, can you fly in real quick? Yeah. And the crowd ate it up and they did nothing with it. Nope. After that. Um, so that's been kind of a bummer. Uh, and to me personally is the biggest missed opportunity of the last couple of years.
2: You're half right, you're, you're the, the top missed opportunity in my book of 2018. I mean, not having Ali versus Buddy versus Cedric um, was a missed opportunity, but not having a satisfying conclusion to the Bullet Club feud in Japan towards the ten, tail end of 2018, that was the largest missed opportunity. Um, I don't know what the politics involved were and in all that as far as Young Bucks, Cody, uh, Kenny's contracts all running out towards the tail end of 2018, uh, how that played and whatever creative decisions that, that were being made. But to have uh, uh, Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny remove themselves from Bullet Club via Twitter, it's not very dramatic.
1: The uh, Jericho Cruise podcast, I think, didn't they like sort of officially confirm there that they were no longer part of Bullet Club? Yeah, more or less. And it was like. The, l- the most underwhelming.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so you got Tama Tonga, who's, who's trying to put Bullet Club back together, repair it after, you know, their four or five top stars are leaving. Oh, and Hangman Page is leaving, too. So the five, more or less their five top guys are leaving. Mm-hmm. The faction. And so you got Tama Tonga, who comes out. Did
1: Marty out, Skrull ever say anything mm-hmm. about that?
2: No. He just stopped showing up. That's right. So, uh at was it the Cal Palace show last year where Tomatonga comes out and attacks Kenny and Cody and and, and the Young Bucks, the, all the elite and guys started rubbing himself. Yeah, yeah. which was a, a huge moment. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, they didn't really do anything with it. I know. I know. Imagine if they had taken the time to tell that story. And I understand it was kind of a compact uh, period of time between that show, which I think was in August, I want to say, and Wrestle Kingdom. But man, just. You know what's the old adage? You're on your way out of the company. Go out on your back. Let Tomatonga get a huge win over somebody. Yeah, I know. You know, I know. so it, there's some drama involved in it. Tomatonga gets some rub. Um, I wonder. I wonder. You know, we've heard that. We've heard that. Sorry, and and oh and, yeah, I'm sorry. Go and, ahead and tease Jy joining Bullet Club throughout that whole thing mm-hmm. after you know causing chaos to more or less implode. Yeah. Um. Then you get some real intrigue. Then you get. Then you get Bullet Club reconstituted and it has momentum. Yeah, right. Instead of just kind of, oh, here's new Bullet Club. Jay White's our leader now, but not really. And it kind of goes over like a, like a, this doesn't, doesn't go over well. Like, if you want to get this faction, this rebuilt faction started off on the right foot, give them momentum. They had yeah. none. Yeah. None. I kind of, I like to a degree, I understand
1: them, like the idea of them sort of quantum leaping away the Bullet Club, like, Kenny lost the title at Wrestle Kingdom and he quantum leaped out of there. He didn't show up in New Year's Dash. Yeah. Um, even though he was still under contract, they did the same thing with the Young Bucks. I think they lost at Wrestle Kingdom. They also. did, but their
2: contracts had already expired. Yeah. Same with Cody.
1: Right. So I kind of understand them doing that. Number one, I agree with everything you said. But what bothered me especially was then when Tomatonga gets on Twitter and says, because I think uh, according to Jericho, I think, he said something like, Yeah, you know, these days, if, if, if you're going to, if you join a faction or something, they just want you to put it on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't get that. I don't,
1: I don't get that at all. Like, New Japan is known for their dramatic moments.
2: Well, when, when Jay White refused to join Bullet Club is a dramatic thing.
1: Yeah. That Kenta New, Year's Kenta Dad, New Year's Dash,
2: yeah. Bullet Club was a huge thing.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Tama Tonga crowning Jay White as leader of Bullet Club on Twitter in a tweet. And then they show up and, like, Jay just looks kind of a bit on the meek side. Like, these days I would kind of believe it. But, like, is he even – I don't know. I I think it's – it all seems very – I don't know. It it was a massive, massive missed opportunity. I kind of wonder if New Japan simply – and maybe the execution was really lousy – if they wanted the end of that era of Bullet Club to just go down like like a dry fart leading into all elite wrestling. I wonder if that's the it case. It could be. It could be. I wonder if they're they like. They want them to leave with no momentum. These guys could are be. leaving. Could be. And even. Even them on the losing end of a big blow off is more momentum than them just. Kind of whimpering out the door. Yeah, yeah entirely possible. That wouldn't surprise me. Entirely possible. I mean, they do kind of. You know, there does seem to be some indication that uh, there are. That that would I guess that just wouldn't surprise me. That just wouldn't surprise me if they thought to them if they, if the thinking was, well these guys are leaving, they're going to be uh, our North American competitors to a big degree. The so Ring of Honor is not doing anything. No, WWE's in a whole other stratosphere. Yep. We're trying to get in North America now. All elites there, like we're going to be competing with them for talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I we're, we don't want to put a bunch of dollars into marketing this thing, and you know the the the. the the down the downside of that would be we're going to put a bunch of dollars marketing this. People are going to be, be, be behind the elite mm-hmm. because that's who people like, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, so even if they get beat by, every, by all of our guys, that's still going to give them momentum going to wherever they're going next. It could be. I don't know. So it's like where are you going to put your dollars, put it in the other stuff that they had going on at the time? Maybe.
0: in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home you can do this when you angie that download the free angie mobile app today or visit angie.com that's a-n-g-i dot com
2: uh next ron armenta hi steve and narson and we have a matt chat question take it away Seth.
3: Will Asuka get a shot at Becky's belt since she already beat Becky once, or has that ship already sailed?
2: And then my question is this, who's going to be the next Undertaker? Uh, and what I mean by that in the context of se- ticket sales, uh, spectacle, and um, you know views like on social media and other platforms. What does WWE need to do with that current main roster uh, superstar to ensure their success. Thanks a lot. Uh, too sweet and hearty handshake. Bye. Thank you, Ron and Sefi. Thank you. All right, here we go. All right, answer the first part of the question. Uh, will Asuka get a shot at Becky's title? Not anytime soon. Uh, they, don't, they don't seem that interested in using Asuka these days. Eventually. Eventually. Well, I would Maybe. like to hope. Eventually. Eventually. However. Put Oscar
1: Asuka uh, on NXT again. Man, nah, that's not a
2: good idea. No, she's so darn good. I know. She's one of the best wrestlers in the whole world. Um, they've, really, they've really dropped the ball with Asuka. Uh, hopefully sometime down the line, yes, but because she certainly has a claim to get a title shot considering she uh, beat Becky. Um, that being said, I'm not getting my hopes up anytime soon. Um, as far as who can have a gimmick, kind of like Undertaker that lasts a while, that, uh, that, that, that draws fans. Uh, you got to think it's Bray. Oh, yeah, dude. This current iteration of Bray Wyatt, The Fiend. He's got the mystique. Um, the crowd's interested in what he's doing. It's different. It's clever. It's highly creative. Um, if he can still kind of lead the charge in terms of his creative and keep this momentum up, the um, possibility is that this is going to be huge, over huge. And, uh, you know, 20 years down the line, we could have The Fiend uh, up there. Uh, with the likes of Undertaker in terms of these gimmick characters, although I, I mean, calling the Fiend a gimmick character kind of overly simplifies what the Fiend is. Um, but uh, it, the comparison could be made.
1: Sure, absolutely. No, I, I agree with that. Um, there isn't anybody like him. Uh, the only other comparable thing, but I kind of feel like it's sort of not going to happen. Demon the Demon is yeah. Demon Valor. It's like they never they. They like Finn, not enough for him to win big, big matches. The problem is the big, big matches are where the Demon should be coming out, mm-hmm. so they just don't have they just him. Don't, they just don't have him come out then. Yeah. It's like if the Saudi government wants to see Demon Balor, they'll bring out Demon Balor and exactly. make sure it's against opponent that they, you know, they know he's going to win. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, next question from Stephen M.
3: What's going on, friend? was well, Stephen M here, back from a bit of a hiatus. I was um, at a seven-day festival there just the past seven days and uh, i'm dying a bit but i'm just catching up on summertime and let me think kofi Kingston's had had more of a meaningful rain and impactful rain than aj styles they even though aj had a very long rain so i'd like to for you to be it's better to have a meaningful rain that might necessarily go that long but does a lot versus a rain that lasts really long has the record books but just doesn't make that level of impact. I am how ranked the best, the five best reigns of the past couple of years and the five kind of meh disappointing reigns of the past five years
1: over any title. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, Stephen M. It's apropos that his last initial is M because I'm gonna say the best title reigns are the meaningful title reigns. Because that's totally true, man. You can take a look at let, let me ask you something. He bring he brings up AJ Styles. Yeah. It was would AJ Styles's title reign would it have been more impactful had it been interrupted by a short title reign from Samoa Joe or Shinsuke Nakamura
2: yeah I where he so. had to
1: go back and chase it again I think so if you look at Stone Cold Steve Austin he had that title what I think it's seven times and the and during the first year that he became you know 98 when he won it from Shawn Michaels uh, he had it for I think three months and then Kane got it and then he had to win it back yeah and that kind of stuff is just more memorable Yeah, when there's more ups and downs as opposed to AJ always winning or DQ finishers or well, whatever. Here's the
2: thing. is like I, I enjoyed like the creative for the Joe feud was fun. No point I really feel like Joe had any chance of winning that title. Right. Same with Nakamura, especially after Mania. Um, it just didn't feel like anybody they put in front of AJ was a real serious contender to really beat him. The Joe one is
1: especially infuriating because when you are going to a dude's house in storyline and you're terrorizing their family, you have all the leverage in the world that should have translated to a guarantee win for Samoa Joe. And then AJ has to pick up his family life before he comes back and gets that title back.
2: Here's another thing that Kofi's title reign has going for it is there's an overarching story. Uh, they've been telling with it. Yeah. And that uh, it took him 11 years to get the opportunity. He wins. And now his opponents are viewing him as, as essentially not worthy of holding that title. So, feud after feud, match after match, the story is Kofi saying, Yeah, I am a champion. I could have been a champion 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, and AJ's reign didn't have that overarching story. Yeah. I think that's what really provides meaning to Kofi's reign is that there's a story being told. Because of his reign,
1: yeah, it's funny because when you look back at the Attitude Era, one thing about Stone Cold's titles was there were so many people waiting, and they they used to play hot potato. I'm going to say hot potato, but that title traveled. Yeah, that title went through you know Stone Cold, Kane, then Stone Cold again, I mean, like mankind, the Rock, and Foley the Rock
2: traded back and forth two or three times.
1: Undertaker, I think, had it back then. So it 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 made the rounds. Because the story was always compelling and everybody, like they wrote them like they were sharks on camera, Mm -hmm. you know, and there were sharks backstage politicking. Mm -hmm. But on camera, there was so much chaos and everybody was going at everybody that it it made sense for it to trade hands so many times. They have double the talent at least now than they did then. And yet they they insist on going with these long title reigns. You know, gender had it for six months, and you always knew that he was going to take the cheap way out to to keep it, and it just lacked all drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with AJ, it was the same thing. It was like you. I mean, once you sort of saw, okay, well, Shinsuke didn't get it like that first time, or not? So WrestleMania, like the second time, it just. Once he got to Joe, it just, you're right. There it didn't was, feel like any drama involved. It was like, no, he's not going to get that. No. You need that shocking moment where AJ has to choose between his family and the title. And we never got that. Not really, no. He was always, you get your cake and eat it too. Yep. And that's never interesting. Nope.
2: Nope. So yeah, meaningful range are, are, are vastly more important, I feel like. Agreed. Uh, next, Rich. Frendo's Rich
1: here with a little bit of fantasy booking today for a check question, just because I can't think of anything
3: relative or important to ask. If Steven Larson, the shit twins, were to get called into NXT, who would you guys beat for the NXT tag titles? How would you guys go about your characters down there? Then when you got called up to main roster, would you rather go to Raw or SmackDown and explain why?
2: Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich and Baby Rich. Yes. Uh, This is a fun question. So if we were NXT, I can't Mm -hmm. think of another team. That would be more deserving of of dropping the belts to us than Forgotten Sons. I don't.
1: I don't know, man. How I you I can
2: argue that point?
1: I can. This is. I have a great answer here because I hope this team ends up in NXT. Yeah, this, no, the, your team you're mentioned here will mop the floor with us. Yeah, Forgotten Sons.
2: I feel like we got a chance. I don't think we have a chance against it. No, they have
1: damn Terminator. No, got Jackson Jackson Riker. Jackson Riker
2: is ejected from the ringside area. Yeah, he's ejected from ringside, so it's fine. So we have a good lengthy title reign in NXT. Eventually, we get called up. We'll drop him the Mustache Mountain. And then uh, we'll go to SmackDown. Why are we going to SmackDown? I want to go to Raw. It's a Bay show. Not when SmackDown's on Fox, man.
1: No, you know I don't want to go to SmackDown. Why? That's where Brock's gonna be.
2: You don't want, I don't want to be backstage, Brock's hanging out back there. He's got his own locker room, man. He doesn't come out unless he's he, he, he flies in, he goes to his locker room, he does his thing. He hates people. Yeah, but once he's done, he's gone.
1: How do you handle- You not have to interact with him. I med- imagine if he's hungry, food's brought to him. Okay, dude, but what about the wrestler code where you have to go up and shake everybody's hand? You to go up and shake his hand, man. This is one time. What if he, like, hates me immediately? Then, then just run away. <sighs> he's gonna catch me. He's like a bear. Why don't you grow up? <laughs> no, man. You see, yeah, you go up to Brock and you think, oh, i will grow up.
2: Hi, Brock. Nice to meet you.
1: No, he'll say, I don't give
2: a shit about you. That's fine. That's what he'll I'm say. I'm not going to take it personally. Yeah, you will. He'll no, start I wouldn't. crying. I, I know would not. He'll
1: you. You'll cry. You'll... You'll
2: no, because I expect that. No, no. And what if he's like the nicest guy? He's like, oh, nice to meet you. He's not. You, you don't know that. see him? You don't know that. He'd say, what do you want? And you're
1: like, I'm here to pay my respects. here to say hello to the champ spits on your hand okay
2: it's fine that's good you're good i'll take it it's oh fine. man because that's the only interaction i'll ever have to have with what him. if
1: he pulls down your pants and points at your dingus in front of everybody and your hog is shriveled up from fear i mean it is what it is man
2: <laughs> i don't
1: think so i don't think so i'd be terrified i'm just staying away from him no we're going to raw dude nah you know who the locker room leader there is roman reigns that's he's great on SmackDown. awesome he's also on raw too get to hang out with Seth Rollins all those dudes all they do is play video games
2: yeah it'd be great I really don't do, that much, do that much anymore though uh, who doesn't I don't play video games much anymore yeah but you need to start I want to go to Smackdown because I want to talk to Kofi about shoes he has a, he has sneaker vlogs too you know whatever you gotta well, they're gonna break us up
1: fine. you go to Smackdown I'm gonna go to Raw. fine we'll be broken up with a draft <laughs> good nobody will be sad about that nope be sad like, oh god thank god maybe they won't be on TV anymore Send so me to
2: 205.
1: <laughs> and I can see you and Oni lurking as a team. That'd be good. You could both sleep under a bench. Yeah,
2: sounds good. <laughs> I'm not that huge on the outdoors, doors, but whatever. Uh,
1: Nemo's got a text question for us. Uh, she says, Is it acceptable that every wrestler who learned or is learning English as a second language on the main roster has a mouthpiece now? She says, in her opinion, the mouthpieces should be translators more than speak for them, and they stay mute. Uh,
2: no, it's 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 garbage, man. It's more than garbage; is bull BS, BS, BS. It's light profanity. It is it is bull light profanity. Like the idea of a translator that at least makes a bit more sense, because at least the the competitor is actually doing speaking on their own. Yeah. And if you want to translate it, whatever, I just don't. I don't think that's even necessary.
1: No, I want some dude out there. Talking, no, nah, man. I want to hear what Shinsuke's voice sounds like. Yeah. And here's the thing: I don't even care that dude speaking English. He can speak whatever language he wants. Everything I need to know about Shinsuke Nakamura is in this. Yeah. And his body language. He can communicate better than half the people on that roster. Yep. Better than ninety percent of the people on that roster. Same goes with Oscar. Same goes with Andrade. Andrade's case is actually one that that really works because him and Zelina Vega are a darn good team. They fit together.
2: Well, and they can play off each other, and that's really the thing. A lot of it is chemistry, Um, but I don't want Nakamura, who I know has all the charisma in the world, just to stand there while someone else does the talking for him. Yeah, not interested in that.
1: She was so she was so perfectly storyline motivated too. I know, He's I know. losing ways was chalked up to his partying ways, and she comes in and rehabilitates him essentially. And they just their chemistry is great in that situation. It works perfectly. She's with him. They work together as a unit. Because but if the, you have Shinsuke who's been around forever and he just they just slap Sami Zayn with him, it doesn't make any sense. It's not necessary.
2: No, see the thing about Zelina and Andrade, they feel like a team. yeah exactly cohesive unit yeah um and there's a story to explain why that's the case we'll probably never get that with sammy and nakamura because it'll probably last all about three months yeah um there's an element of
1: page with the kabuki warriors that i that i that i'm okay with but i mean they're not on tv ever but you know when you see she just had neck surgery
2: so she's laid up for a while she's probably gonna be out for a while um it, it's, it's, completely my, I, it's completely unnecessary. It it's completely unnecessary. It is It's completely unnecessary. It is. You see you see Oscar you get you see Nakamura you see Andrade how Insanely over they get in NXT. I know. I know and then it's because of Vince
1: And you hear you hear the pop on the main roster for Oscar
2: you hear that it's because of Vince. yeah, it's because of Vince that he that he, he apparently feels this is necessary and it's completely unnecessary. It is, it's stupid. If you got immense you got characters with or or performers with immense charisma, you get creative for them that that highlights that charisma that communicates. And on top of that, I would think that it would serve to drive
1: potential signees away. If you have some huge star on the international stage, like some like Sonata, for example. What are they gonna do? Put a translator? Put some dudes? Sonata looks so cool. It's just a lone figure. He doesn't need some little dude next to him talking for him, saying things for him. No, I agree. You know, so he 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 has a meeting in for WWE. You know, well, what's the deal? Are you gonna put somebody with me? Well, yeah, because Vince doesn't like people who who Vince doesn't think there's value in people who don't speak English. All right, well, no, then no,
2: I'll stay I'll stay here in New Japan. and Eventually, get the the heavyweight title here. Yeah, and make and make good money. I don't know. It's. it's I mean, I, I. 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 understand Nemo's point about. Has there ever been a manager a up translator who operated as translator, whereas the wrestler would talk, and then the manager, whomever would would translate. I want to say. Uh, did the what was the name of Great Khali's guy? Oh was yeah, he? did remember. he translate? I don't remember. I man. honestly don't remember. I don't remember. I mean, I uh, that I'm, I wouldn't be huge into it, but at least I could see a a dynamic there that could potentially be interesting. Do with Kali and the no, dude. no, no, just the in theory. Yeah, if if it's, uh, it it would be a, it could potentially be a more interesting dynamic than just a uh, manager and then Nakamura saying they're silent. You know, so when
1: I when I look back, when I would and maybe this is the reason why I think about this with Kali and whoever the dude was he was with. Kali comes off like a special attraction guy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, look at this guy. He's He looks like something you'd see, I don't know, in the Guinness World of Records or something yeah, like yeah. that. Then there there's an element of, I don't know, that I think that it, some of that might have worked if they did do that. I don't know. I'm just sort of thinking in my head. But like, there are certain people, like, I don't know, it just, it doesn't, Asuka should be a loner. Yeah. You know, she should be like Agreed, screaming yeah. in Japanese Agreed. and she wrecks people yeah. and, that translates more than anything.
2: Ideally, I don't know why they don't do this, Uh, uh, the way uh, Io Shirai's creative has been since she turned heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. I know,
1: perfect, yeah. Where
2: her screaming at the fans in Japanese works perfectly. Yeah, it's great, yeah. Um, And like I said, I'm not necessarily uh, into the translator idea. Maybe it's maybe it it would work more effectively, maybe, could be wrong though, than just a straight up manager with his silent uh, client. Mm could not i don't know but it both situations completely unnecessary mm-hmm. you get all these performers with such charisma yeah um charisma it's, charisma and in, and in, in pro wrestling are universal language i think the way that it could work is so in the ufc for
1: example after and i'm just going back because this is when i was watching anderson silva wins a fight there is a translator there yeah he doesn't follow anderson silva around no there's a translator there who Anderson Silva talks. I mean, this happens with all the wrestlers, for all the UFC guys who don't speak English. They talk, there's a translator there. So the idea is you just have somebody present who can translate. If they're going to be in the ring after a match or before a match, they're going to translate. Um, I think that's a bit more acceptable, uh, but you'd have to introduce that like at the outset. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For it to make sense. Yeah. So I don't know. That's sort of how it would work for me, but no, oh, man. Tra- Pro wrestling. The this is this is why this is why English speakers, people from North America, Europe, can go to Japan or Germany or uh, Mexico, any number of places, not know the language, and still get over with fans. There is a universal language of physicality, of pro wrestling, and, and presentation, charisma. Yeah. and charisma, yeah. and character, and personality totally. Totally. that transcends any
2: language. Yeah, it really does. So all these. People wrestling talking for wrestlers is completely unnecessary. That's why, dude, we can seriously
1: watch Triple Mania, not listen to commentary, and be totally fine. Yep.
2: You know? Yep. Uh, got a few more text questions next from Luis oriza Who is the best pure heel and pure baby face in all of pro wrestling? He says uh, the best face is Tanahashi. Hard to argue with Ace, the Ace. And then top heels are Jay White and Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin? Uh, what say you, Steve?
1: Man, so... Luis's pick of Tanahashi is the number one pick. It is. A guy who has so much legacy. People love him. They have always loved him. Uh, there is a genuine quality. The, Tanahashi has such a Superman thing. He seems so genuine, and yet he seems so superhero in appearance. Yeah. And there is something about that. You don't want to see him get beat up. It feels bad in your soul to see Tanahashi get beat up. I went with two guys who... When I try to think of, okay, what's a pure baby face? I think of somebody who who has nothing but perseverance, who has, has displayed nothing but fight, nothing but ambition, uh, and a genuine sincerity to them. I think Mustafa Ali. He's not on TV a lot these days, and that's a total bummer. Yeah. That is an absolute drag. Yeah, I
2: thought of him as well.
1: But Mustafa Ali, to me, is the kind of guy, what you're looking at is somebody who, if he gets power bombed five times by Walter, if he gets F5'd 18 times by Brock Lesnar, you're not going to be asking for one more. No. You're going to be, hey, this needs to stop now. And yeah. you want whoever is doing that to get beat up. Yes. Uh, yes. So I got uh, Mustafa Ali, another guy who I think has all the tools and he probably just needs a couple more months of just really good booking, and that's Cedric Alexander. I think those two guys uh, are, are, are probably the closest thing to like pure baby faces. Guys, yeah. who, you don't want to see them get beat up. Um, and you root for. As far as uh, top heels, I, I as much as I, I'm actually going to, to part with Luis on his picks for, of Jay White and Baron Corbin. Uh, I think Jay White is terrific, but he he's the kind of guy who he gets in there, and you don't really want to see him get beat up. You just know that he's going to put on a really good match, and that sort of overrides everything. That's one of the problems with heels these days is there are so few actual heels who you want to see get beat up Mm -hmm. and that's what's key is you want to see them get beat up like for example take uh Tommaso Ciampa for example deep down I never really wanted to see him get beat up I just want to see him work
2: yeah you know he's that damn good because you
1: think he's because you know he's that darn good um so I went with uh right now currently uh for me Randy Orton Um, Randy Orton is in a feud with Kofi Kingston, who is smaller than him, who has all the heart. Randy Orton, this guy who is privileged, basically, has been handed all these opportunities, um, has an air of I'm better than you going for him. Now he's hanging out with a revival. Uh, He just really comes off because he's he's obviously really sort of motivated by his work these Mm -hmm. days. To me, that actually translates to I want to see Kofi Kingston beat up Randy Orton, mm-hmm. I want to see that. That entertains me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, another guy is Walter. Um, again, I really love his work, but man, I want to see somebody beat him up. He does mean really well. If I see Jordan Devlin in there with him, or this, you know, this coming up, uh, uh, Tyler Bate match, I want to see. Boy, I want to see them beat him up. And then he powerbomb freaking Trent Seven, one of my favorites, powerbomb like five times wanna into see, oblivion. I want to see Walter just chop everybody. <laughs> that's that's totally fine. Uh, but I, those, those are my answers right those now.
2: Those are my bad answers. Uh Top baby face, I'm going to say, I almost said Mustafa Ali, and I, I think. Your answer is, is right there, though. Yeah, Ricochet. Yeah, sure. He's got the moose set that endears himself to the crowd. Uh He's got a little bit of an underdog thing going for him because he's a bit undersized in comparison to a lot of other people on the main roster.
1: Yeah, I don't think, like, if, if he's getting f 5 to a bunch, I don't see people really asking for one more. No. They want to see him, like, get out of it.
2: Yeah. Uh as far as best heel, I don't know if he's the best pure heel, but damn it is he entertaining. See,
1: that's the problem though. And that's the problem.
2: See, MJF is good at being entertaining, but he does just enough to pivot to like, oh man, I want to I want to see someone get cuz it's not cuz like you have he's not a bad wrestler. To me, he's borderline comedic heel. Um he's 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 not a bad wrestler, but he's not Walter Ciampa level, Sure, yeah. Where you're like, "Oh my god, i just love seeing their work." Yeah, no, I don't really care um, about that. he's he's funny. But he knows when to pivot mm-hmm. to really get a good line in there mm-hmm. to, to 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 make you think. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing this guy get beat up. A
1: yeah, little bit. yeah, he does. I for him, he does that for me more in his interviews where he's like always in character. Yeah. He does that more for me outside of the ring than inside of the ring. Inside of the ring, AEW is like bur- basically buried him out the gate. Mm-hmm. Like he's, I, I was really disappointed that he didn't win. What was it? A fatal four way? Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever the show was. Yeah, the one that uh, Page won.
1: Yeah, the one that Page won because there was no reason for Page to win that. He had already well solidified wins and losses his, matter now. Yeah, but he had already got he had already gotten his title shot at that point. He didn't need to win that, and he he didn't have to eat the loss. I don't think because that was a fatal four way. No,
2: yeah, I don't think MJF ate the loss though either.
1: No, he didn't. But he did, no, but Paige won that thing. It's yeah. like what are they
2: going to do with MJF? Like
1: he's. Like, he's below Cody on the heel spectrum.
2: Well, Cody's not even really a full heel.
1: Dude, this feud with him and Spears, that Cody is full on heel with oh, that. All right. He was full on heel with Dustin.
2: Yeah, but then they made nice. Then no, they
1: made nice, but he can pivot to full heel.
2: I don't know. I kind of feel like Spears is kind of the heel in that. He's sitting there with Tully with, like, a you know, like scheming villain face.
1: Yeah, he is. But like, come on, he's not. He's
2: in a heel. And, and, and we
1: all know this is to this is to Spears destroyed Cody's head with the chair. This is all an experiment to see. No, either that's the Stone Cold thing. This is all <laughs> an experiment to see if they can. Did make some... watch that? Did you ever watch Fighter Fest?
2: Fighter Fest.
1: That's the one I saw in England. I watched Arth. it with uh, Waynemaker. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I watched that. Wait, did I?
2: Or do you watch uh, Fight for the Fall? Oh, that's what I saw. All right. That's what so I saw. So you didn't see the, the crowd reaction when, when Spears destroyed Cody's head. Oh, I've seen the video. They I mean, weren't into it. Yeah. No. It was shocking. A bunch of smart marks out there like, oh, that's too real. <laughs> I'm with them.
1: I'm with them. That's too real, man. It's Don't too do real. that. Don't that's do too
2: real. That. All right. Next question. Text question from Josh with a dynamic Knight Martinez. Uh, what top card superstar should be the next to win 24-7 champion? It's really
1: difficult to figure out. Well, I put John Cena on here, but he's not. He's, he's, an, he's an attraction. Uh, I put Baron Corbin on there. Baron, he's a t- is he a top star? Yeah, I guess so. He's kind
2: of a top he's a former star former GM of Raw, so I guess so. He's kind of a top star. Dolph, man, give it to Dolph. Dolph's a top star. Yeah, man, yeah. he had a WWE title shot not that long ago. Goldberg match. Yeah, yeah that's a top star, star status right there. Yeah, Dolph, give him that twenty four seven answer. title. That's a good answer. Finally, from the Hadley Dooley champ, uh, he says this week's questions com- question comes from the two times going in Raw Discord IC champ Dumpster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the prestigious two-time going-in-raw Discord IC champ dumpster. dumpster.
2: If you could replace every crizzly family member with a wrestler, who would they be?
1: <laughs> huh. uh, let's Baron see here. Baron or Todd? Uh, so who's the main guy? That's Todd, isn't it? Todd? Okay. That's Baron Corbin. Todd? No, is... uh. uh AJ Styles? No, Nails. <laughs> <laughs> isn't he the prisoner?
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> He's the prisoner. That's who he is. And then uh, What's his wife's name? Julie Or Judy Okay One of the two uh, she's W Lind- Steve W's uh, Crystal White <laughs> There you go Okay Because she's a prisoner as she's well she's a
1: prisoner as well That's good uh, Yeah And then I forget what the Is it Chaz or something like that? Chase Chase uh, Chase is um, Baron <laughs> He's Baron And then uh, I forget what the girl's name is
2: yeah, I don't remember either Your crizzly knowledge Is much faster than my own So I expect you to know these <laughs> it's Barely Barely Are they literally In jail right now I don't know I don't know if they've been arraigned I think they've I think they have been They probably had bail
1: Crisly in jail <laughs> <laughs> I think i Todd Crisley surrenders to police Let's see here Hollywood gossip uh, Really gonna close the show Talking about Crizzly. Might as well, right? Do we have to do this. Let's see here. They were indicted. Uh, the series coordinator could not have chosen not to renew the contracts. Yeah, they're still, they're still airing the show. Yeah, no, they're still promoting it, too. Uh, they've turned themselves into authorities and are currently in custody.
2: What, how long? They're
1: scheduled to attend a bond hearing later this afternoon. Oh, okay, then they'll be released on bond. Is there an on update bond? on that?
2: Where's the update? They'll be released on Yeah,
1: You, on you think
2: so, right? Yeah. They'll use some of the tax money they didn't pay the government to pay their way out of jail
1: <laughs> right <laughs> uh, let's see here let's see if the crizzly on bond out on bond all right Woo! there you go oh that was scary no it wasn't scary I'd hate jail. to think of what would happen to Todd in jail anyways uh, released on a hundred thousand dollar bond isn't and that how, how much were they? How much were they that, accused of not paying the government in taxes? Was it like eight hundred thousand, something like that? Could be wrong. It could be completely. It was years. It was like t- between twenty twelve and like twenty seventeen or something. It was a ton of years. They didn't pay taxes. Man, ten thousand, a hundred thousand dollar bond. Isn't that like? Don't you have to actually come up with like ten thousand? I think so. Something's like ten percent.
2: And then if you if you uh, skip skip, that. then Either you got to have your collateral, whatever it may be, or you got to come up with the money. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, better not skip bond. We got TV shows to shoot. Yeah. See if USA like you know crank a couple more TV shows out of them, pay that money before they go to the slammer. I think their their ratings would increase if they include all this drama. Then they can make all that money and pay their freaking taxes, man. Yeah, they should. If I have to worry about taxes, why can't other people worry about taxes? I worry about taxes every damn year. Me too. What the heck? Evidently, I could just not pay it for seven years. And, well, then, get, yeah. and then as long as I save $10,000 and get on a bond, I'll be fine.
2: Yeah. I'm probably not going to be fine. Probably no, they not. still, I mean, they'll still want your ta- the tax money after the fact, plus interest. So the tax money you didn't pay would be that plus a lot more.
1: I need to become like a like a libertarian, man. They don't like they don't pay taxes. Well, no. Isn't it if you, if you become a libertarian, you don't
2: have to pay taxes? Uh, no, if you register as a libertarian, you still have to pay tax
1: Hey, man, don't tread on me. All right? How about that? You can chat all over Matt Chat with your video question by going to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. All right, as we roll out of here,
2: I'm going to start looking up tax shelters. Oh, dear. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you again next week. Ooh. Bye.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your job's projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain, it's hard to find